welcome to another episode of Flea Market Fantasy, the world's second greatest Bronze Age era comic book podcast. Joining me as always is new Mike L, Kevin Jank. Hopefully this is recording, otherwise it will be <laughs> knocked down from number, you know, the second best Bronze Age comic book podcast. Yeah, we're never sure. Six. We're never really sure <laughs> if it's recording or not, but we think it is. So let's yeah. go ahead. Uh, <laughs> all right, Jank, last week on the show, we did, you picked Sheena the She-Devil. Sheena the She-Devil. Ah, don't get it mixed up. <laughs> we talked about it all last totally week. Sheena the She-Devil. <laughs> yeah, this week, we're doing another, uh, like, jungle lady. We're doing Tigra, and the book is Marvel Chillers, issue 7, from 1976. Marvel Chillers. One of the great Marvel titles in history. Hey, yeah. <laughs> I never knew this book existed. You never heard of it either, right? No, although I noticed when I was looking it up on the uh, the website that we normally find these things, there was a, a newer version that had this picture of Wolverine on it that I know I've seen that cover somewhere before. Yeah. So I, I guess they, I knew about that one. Yeah, it's slightly different, though. It's like Marvel some, ama- something chillers. Isn't there another mm-hmm. descriptor in there? I can't remember. Yeah, I think so. Amazing Chillers or something. Uh, but yeah, this is just Marvel Chillers. Uh, this, <clears throat> excuse me, this series ran for seven issues. <clears throat> and the first two issues featured Modred the Mystic. Oh. He's very favorite. good. Yeah, he's very good. <laughs> I have no You never encountered him in all your comic When you can't travels. get Dr. Druid. That's what I go to his <laughs> even lesser replacement. <laughs> yeah. I never heard of Mordred the Mystic. But he sounds vaguely familiar, but I couldn't pick him out of a lineup, that's for sure. Yeah, he was in the first two, and then Tiger came in issue three, and then she closed it out. And uh yep. it, it ended after <laughs> this is the final issue of the series. And uh Like Shauna or the cat, the, these things can't go more than like six issues. Apparently. But hey, speaking of the cat, that's who Tiger is. Yeah, that. Yeah, this of yeah. course is uh, Greer Grant. I guess her full name is Greer Grant Nelson because that was her married name, Nelson. She married Major Nelson of Cape Canaveral, and uh, Donna. Uh, see, that's an old TV reference. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> sure if you picked up on that. Yeah, yeah. I dream of genie reference. But no, uh, her <laughs> husband was a police officer, and he died. He was shot. An off-duty Ooh. shooting, and he was murdered. So uh, she then became the hero, the cat, and she uh, she went under some sort of uh, medical experiment, I think, and got some superpowers a little bit. Like, uh, like <laughs> it was called breast implant. No, 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 surgery. no, no. <laughs> I think like slightly better reflexes and stamina and stuff like that. Hmm. Uh, anyway, you can go back and find out all about Greer Grant and uh, the cat. Mike Ellen and I did an episode of that series, Beware the Claws of the Cat. I yeah. can't remember which issue we did, but there were only four of them. So. <laughs> sure, they're all winners. <laughs> uh, maybe issue three. That seems about right, but I have no idea. <laughs> but we'd go into a whole detail about her there. But yeah, this was part of the same uh, movement with uh, Shauna, the She-Devil, and Night Nurse. Yeah, because they yeah. wanted to introduce those three books in 1972 to attract uh, female readers, and uh, none of them lasted very long at all. <laughs> Even when they tried to give her her own backdoor comic with this Marvel Chillers thing, that couldn't work either. So yeah, all, all the all the little boys found her. She was, oh, no, we got to cancel that one too. Don't worry, that one. 
don't do that. But uh, I think Shauna lasted. S- how many? She lasted seven, uh, right? Is that seven issues, Shauna? I think it was five because we did number four, and there was only one after that. Oh, all right. <laughs> so she yeah. lasted five. I think Night Nurse and Beware, Beware the Claws of the Cat each lasted four, I believe. So I think. I don't. So Shauna may have been the champion. Anyway, um, even though they had to get a new writer for the last one, but still. When she was Greer Grant, uh, she was created by Roy Thomas and Wally Wood. Linda Fight wrote her initial run because they wanted to have female writers and artists if possible. Uh, but that didn't really pan out. And uh, <laughs> like we said, she lasted four issues. Then the cat next appeared in Marvel Team Up 8 in 1973 alongside Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. But you then try to get people exposure, just team up with Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah Spider-Man. <laughs> he was the guy. Uh, but then uh, she disappeared for a year, and then the next time we see her, she became Tiger in a two-part story in Giant Size Creatures, number one, 1974, and Werewolf by Night, issue 20, 1974. Now, a key detail. Giant Size Creatures, number one, the giant size refers to the pages in the book, not the size of the creatures. <laughs> just wanted to point that out. <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Normal size creatures. <laughs> giant size book. Right. I use that same thing when I'm going to show some people dick pics. <laughs> I just send them on very large printed out paper, like poster boards, but you know, very average size wiener. <laughs> very, very ingenious of you. <laughs> but that two part story was written by Tony Isabella and uh, drawn by Don Perlin. And Isabella pitched the idea of turning Greer Grant into ty- to a character like Tigra uh, and to Roy Thomas. Roy Thomas liked it. Roy Thomas came up with the name Tigra. And then uh, Gil Kane, John Romita Sr., and Don Perlin worked out her appearance. They, oh, wow. They designed the character. Yeah, took three to design <laughs> the character. Hey, let's put an orange cat lady in a black bikini. How about that? All right. Sounds good to me. What if Garfield was a lady? <laughs> she, right. she was pre-Garfield, though, right? I mean, oh, well, when did she, Garfield? Yeah. I don't know. When did Garfield come I feel in? like his prominence was probably the 80s, but he may have been around before then. Yeah, this is 74. I used to be a huge Garfield mark when I was a kid. I loved Garfield. Yeah. Like, sure. I, was, I was just identified as the kid that likes Garfield. That was my thing. <laughs> so There's a Heathcliff kid in your class that you were, like, bitter yes. at it. <laughs> That's actually true. <laughs> That's not an exaggeration. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so my, one time a kid wanted to get, uh, he was mad at me on the playground, you know, and uh, that's how he got at me. He said Heathcliff's better. That's all. <laughs> he knew all the right buttons. Like, oh, you son of a yep. bitch. <laughs> but, Taxi's not even that good. Oh, that would have been it. <laughs> I'd have murdered his family if he said that. <laughs> all right. Uh, but now the Tigra, this Greer Grant, she uh, she discovers a ancient race of cat people. That's how she okay. was a tiger. Yeah. Do you know this backstory? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of read it. Uh, but I guess there's this uh, mystical race of cat people, and the Tigra was their historical defender and champion. All right? Mm. And uh, these cat people were a humanoid race created by sorcery during the Dark Ages. But then somehow they were banished to an alternate dimension. But two of the cat people managed to uh, stay here on Earth, uh, a lady and a fella. 
And uh, I think they were scientists. And they kind of got the uh, race of cat people back up and running, you know, somehow. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a lot of inbreeding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's what they did. Uh, but they uh, they did some sorcery, you know. Oh. Yeah. So, but they were transforming people into cat people, and uh, I don't know. But they but they were also being persecuted. All right. So they needed another champion, and this Greer Grant came along, and uh, I forget who it was who was trying to get, uh, hunt down these cat people, but she donned her cat, you know, persona to help defend them. But during the battle, she was mortally wounded. Ooh. Yeah. So so the cat people. They're like, hey, we got to try and save her. But, hey, Grant, there's only one way we know how to save you. We're turning you into a tiger. <laughs> that's how they did it. I mean, that's fair trade. Yeah. They but do like a, uh, they did in Batman Returns where just a bunch of cats like licked her and she came back to life. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know I don't know if that's, <laughs> that's how it happened or not. Uh, but, yeah, she was turned into tiger there, and she's now their champion, the Tigra. And like we mentioned, she's an orange cat. Uh, but she's like a sexy orange cat. You know. Yeah. Uh, Wearing a little bikini. Yep. She made her solo debut with a 15-page story in the black and white horror comics magazine, Monsters Unleashed, issue 10, February 1975. That is also my birth month. How about that? <laughs> Look at that. Be a tiger. Uh, and then after that, she did the Marvel Chillers, issue 3 through 7, from February to October of 1976. And, of course, she went on to be an Avenger and she was a regular West Coast Avenger. That's where she was mostly seen, right? Yeah, that's right. Coast Avengers. Yeah. And in 2002, she had her own four-issue limited series. Sure yeah, that, by the 2000s, they were giving everybody a limited series. <laughs> I don't think there was a that's, single character. Man, you're really sticking it to Tiger. You are not a Tiger <laughs> fan, I don't think. But, uh, I think uh, by about the mid-2000s, I remember her popping up again as part of that, like, initiative that came about after Civil War. I think she was dating uh, Hank Pym, actually, which is weird. Whoa. Hey, now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The fur will be flying. Negative. That's right. <laughs> All right, this book also features a couple other prominent characters. Uh, her her buddy in this issue is Red Wolf. Wolf. <laughs> there you go. I always had Ellen there. Slip it in hard. <laughs> Red Wolf. Yeah, but he's, his real name is William Talltrees, and oh, yeah, he, first appearance was in Avengers 80, 1970, created by Roy Thomas and John Buscema. Uh, so his family was murdered by the henchmen of Taurus. Remember Taurus, oh, one of the Zodiac guys? Yeah, the Zodiac guys, yeah. That's pretty, like, it's one thing to have your whole family murdered, all right? But if, if it happens, you want it to be like the henchmen of the Red Skull. Or Doctor Doom, <laughs> you don't want to be murdered by the henchmen of Taurus. You know? Yeah, uh, I guess that's better than like Batman's family just get gunned by, down by some jackass named Joe Chill. I don't <laughs> He's know. Even a flunky of anyone cool. But this is a jackass dressed like a bull in a Zodiac sign <laughs> costume. Hangs out with eleven other nerds in costumes. I don't know. I mean, well, I guess it, 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 you could have just gone with the Zodiac killer and haven't been killed by them. Yeah. <laughs> So cool. he he donned the mantle of the Red Wolf to avenge their deaths, and uh, Tall Trees was granted various superhuman abilities by the Wolf Spirit, Oweodata. 
Oh, I don't mm. know. I don't know if I'm pronouncing yeah. it properly. <laughs> O-W-A-Y-O-D-A-T-A. Yeah, we'll oh, go with that. Wyodata. Wyodata. <laughs> uh, so his powers, he's like, he has an indomitable will. Once he makes up his mind, you can't convince him otherwise. <laughs> just, that's a superpower? <laughs> but, <laughs> like, uh, the way they describe it, like, he can't be uh, mind controlled or anything. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like immune to, uh, he can like turn off telepathic. Yeah. Like Charles well, Xavier. playing game that you used to have, it would be a 10 on the, what was it, like mental? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that Marvel Alliance thing or whatever it was. Yeah. Um, what was that called? Uh, Marvel Handbook or uh, TSR or whatever. I don't care. Whatever. Mm-hmm. All right, anyway. Uh, he also has enhanced strength. He can lift up to three tons. And he can, he can run faster. You know, he's got all the reflexes and stamina and everything. So he's like superhuman, but not like ridiculously superhuman. You know? Yeah, so it's, I, I it's like, a little bit less than Spider Man level. Oh, yeah. Spider Man, I think, can lift 50 tons, right? God damn. That's pretty good. Maybe that's not right. Yeah, I think so. Because again, going back to that role playing game, Colossus was monstrous, and I thought he could do 75 tons. And Spider Man was amazing. So he would be 50. But I don't know. All right, don't quote me on that. <laughs> uh, all right, so uh, this uh, Red Wolf guy, he is also part of, uh, later on, he joined some team called the Rangers. <laughs> okay. Not, not the New York Rangers. They're a, uh, <laughs> these are a team of, uh, let me know if you've ever heard of these people, Jack, because, uh, you know, this seems to have been way past I quit reading comic books. Uh, 51 is a person's name. 51? No. I guess he's an alien or something. I don't know. Huh. Uh, Firebird. We even encountered her before. She was in that uh, West Coast Avengers Mike Ellen and I did. Yeah, Fire. that's right. Yes, I do remember her. Then we got the Red Wolf. Then we have Shooting Star. Shooting Star? Not a clue. <laughs> and Texas Twister. Texas Twister. Not to be uh, confused with the Texas Tornado, Carrie Von Eric. Oh, maybe that's us. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think I may have seen him in that initiative thing. Like, he may have been one of the, you know, each state got their own superhero team. I'm guessing he was probably, you know, the Texas oh, representative. You know what? That's probably him and, like, Armadillo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> These are probably, like, the Texas superheroes or something. Yeah, that's uh, probably true. So, Red Wolf adopted uh, Lobo, a little wolf cub, who also yeah. is in this book. Who apparently uh, is invisible. Yeah, I, I don't know what was going on with Lobo in this, but, um, <laughs> yeah. This Lobo fella, uh, Red Wolf actually uh, slayed Lobo's mother in self-defense. Oh. So then he took Lobo in as because Lobo's a little cub. He's like, oh, man, I'm sorry I had to kill your mom there. But uh, I'll raise you like my own. So I mean, feel like Shauna should have tracked what Red Wolf down and murdered him for killing a cat. <laughs> but in, in, my mind, in my mind, I like to pretend that Lobo is just uh, waiting for his moment to exact revenge on Red Wolf. You know, so he goes yeah. up, just quietly biding his time. But uh, Lobo followed Red Wolf until he was slain by Bengal as vengeance against Red Wolf for the deaths of his family during the war. I don't know what war they're talking about, but <laughs> this all happened in Marvel Comics Presents issue 15, 1989. Mm-hmm. So now let me uh, ask you this here, Jank. So to honor Lobo, his best buddy. Red Wolf took Lobo's pelt as his new costume. 
Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to mention this last week, but Shauna did the same thing. Like, me- remember Ooh. how uh, her yeah, beloved pet? Yeah, yeah, her beloved uh, pet was Mar- or something. Yeah, the the Giuliani or whatever the the, the mother of the two uh, was murdered by that security guard in the shooting at the zoo. She yeah. took Giuliani's pelt to make her little bikini. Oh, but that's weird, right? Like, yeah, that's, you know, if someone murders you, am I supposed to like skin your corpse and wear it <laughs> every day? I mean, my beloved Sydney Jimmy Owls, the greatest cat in the world, he he died four years ago. I did not, you know, skin him, and I don't wear his pelt around. <laughs> As underpants. Instead of, instead of khakis, yeah, you got cat pants. So that's not, I don't know if that's really honoring them. <laughs> it's more like mutilating the corpse. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Keeping the ashes seems a lot a better way to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then I also believe Lobo comes back later as well. Cause you know, everyone comes back at some point. Because <laughs> I was reading something after, like, Secret Invasion, and that happened way after 1989. So Secret Invasion, it, it learned out he was a squirrel or something, and then he came back. So, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Lobo <laughs> may have been a squirrel, but a Lobo that died. <laughs> but you think Red Wolf and his heightened senses would be able to tell that his own buddy wasn't a... Yeah. Uh, so would he have then have skinned the dead squirrel? I don't know. <laughs> I, and then would have knows. converted back to the scroll at that point, I would think. <laughs> I have no idea. Don't quote me on any of this. I'm just making a lot of this up. <laughs> but I think that's, that's what I read. Man, comic book backstories are just ridiculous, you know, because yeah. every There's writer so that much... comes in changes it. And it's like, oh, good Lord. Yeah. Yep. All right, so there's another uh, comic book uh, icon here in this story. Mm-hmm. The villain is Super Scroll. Oh, I, I love Supergirl. He's one of the best. He's just—he's so pretty cool. great. He was—he uh, was the best part of this comic. I'll—I'll I'll say that. His dialogue was on point. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> do you know his real name? Clert. That's right, Clert. K L apostrophe R T. And his first yep. appearance was Fantastic Four 18, 1963, created, of course, by Jack Kirby and Stan Lee. Now, his gimmick is that he has all the powers of the Fantastic Four. Yeah. He's kind of like uh, Mimic to the X-Men, where he's got all the powers of the original five X-Men in one guy. See, I didn't even know that was true, Mimic and the original yeah. X-Men. But uh, Super Scroll, now I did not know this until I was doing research here, Jank. Like, those powers are artificial. They're they're transmitted to him from this Scroll throne world, like kind of oh. like Wi-Fi. And that seems, I mean, if it's anything like Comcast, that's going to yeah. be a lot of problems. No wonder he loses so many fights. Well, that's what happened. That's how Reed Richards and the Fantastic Four defeated him at first. Because the Fantastic Four defeated the Skrull. They prevented a Skrull invasion of Earth. So then to get mm-hmm. back, the Skrull said, hey, well, all right, Fantastic Four, you think you're so hot. We're going to get this guy, Clert, you know, and we're going to give him all your powers. Because Clert was one of the soldiers in the Skrull army, you know. Mm-hmm. And they're like, hey, we're sending. So they sent him down to fight him. But Reed Richards said, hey, his powers aren't there. They're artificial. They're being beamed to him. By the-. So they he came up with some device to block the transmission of the signal. And then the Super Scroll lost his powers. Mm. And they beat him up. Yeah. So uh, then the Scroll said, oh, you know what? I-, I think they buried him under a volcano or something, too. 
at the time. Okay. Yeah, yeah they don't. Three Richards doesn't stick around, you know. No. <laughs> he put threats down. But the Skrulls then they say, hey, you know what? We need to uh, amplify the signal a little bit. So they did call in their tech workers and they ran some cables, and boom, <laughs> they they strengthened the signal. He uh, he, they boosted it. That's what Comcast does. They say, hey, we'll boost your signal. <laughs> now you'll get. 30 million bits per second, like anyone knows. Now anyone you can watch Peacock yeah. for free. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, the Internet seems so much faster. <laughs> yeah, okay, whatever. Uh, but he, uh, they strengthened the signal, so now Super Skrull got his powers back. Boom, he busted out of the volcano, and he's on the loose, you know, and he's causing trouble. <laughs> and I think he fought with yeah. Thor, and he fought with uh, Captain Marvel, uh, you know, the, the fella Captain Marvel, Marvel, mm-hmm. that guy. Yeah. And I... Uh, and he, he took a beating in that fight, and he got real fucked up. And so that leads us to the story in this book. Yeah, he's been recovering and laying low for a couple months. It seems like if they can just beam any superpower to any of their guys at any time, like why aren't well, they overloading think, their army with superpowers? Well, I think he went through some special processes. As well. Okay, like that makes more some, sense. Yeah. That's what I always thought it was, was he had gone through something, but I didn't know that they were – you know, I thought they were his powers now, not so much. Yeah, the, oh. that's what I always thought as well <laughs> until reading this transmission. Yeah. But I think it's a little bit of both. You know, like he had a – yeah, why wouldn't they just – every scroll have all the powers of Fantastic Yeah. Four? I'm sure they could do the other ones too, like get all the powers of the Avengers. Why not? <laughs> Maybe the Rangers and the Texas <laughs> Twister and Six Shooter or whatever. Lobo and his invincibility. So uh, Jim Shooter is the writer of this book. Yeah, yeah, we've talked about hey, Jim Shooter. Shooter. I I, I love I love Jim Shooter. I'm a big Jim Shooter fan. I'm a fan of Jim Shooter, the editor in chief. Hmm. Jim Shooter, the writer. Eh. <laughs> we have yeah. our issues. We have our issues. Yeah. Uh, now but, that I've you know started to read more of it, yeah. <laughs> no, I actually I, think I, this is one of the better things I've ever read of his. <laughs> I think this is pretty good. <laughs> had some moments. Uh, but yeah, he only wrote this issue seven. Uh, he was 25 at the time. He joined Marvel as a staff uh, assistant editor. and He joined the Marvel staff as an assistant editor and writer in January 1976, which was about six months before this issue was published. So this is one of the first things he did at Marvel. So that's pretty cool. This was uh, this was his big idea at the time. Huh? <laughs> yeah, I was like, hey, we've been we working on it all these years. We need someone to close <laughs> out this Marvel chillers nonsense. Give us the kid. Who's that new kid we just hired? Send him over here. Let him do this. And the artist for this book is George Tuska. And uh, he only, yeah, we talk about George Tuska all the time on the show. <laughs> yeah. And he's one of I love George Tuska. Uh, he's in that group of uh, artists like Gil Kane and uh, John Buscema, Gene Colin. It's that group of old-time vets that I love. And uh, he did issue seven here, and that's it. Um, oh, so. so this is a whole new team just for this one issue. Yeah. <laughs> you know, things are bad <laughs> when they just bring in new teams to close things out. So. Yeah. <clears throat> there like, you go. I don't know how she beats the Super Scroll. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I don't know if she did, really, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so, no, not so much. <laughs> so it's pretty uh, fitting. All right, so that's the backstory for Marvel Chillers. Now let's look at this cover, Jank. Why don't you walk us through the cover? <laughs> okay. Oh, by the uh, way, this cover drawn by Jack Kerb. Oh, okay. I can see that. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, we got a, Jack Kirby cover. 
Got a white background uh, with a little black banner across the top. Says Marvel Comics Group. Uh, we got Tigra kind of doing a uh, like a weird crouch in the uh, the corner box there. <laughs> yeah, she's looking pretty good there. Um, then we've got Marvel Chillers. And Chillers has got this you know creepy uh, <laughs> like frosty writing. Uh, right oh, yeah, <laughs> it's all coded, <laughs> Mister Freeze. Yep. <laughs> It's not actually going to be scary, but it's just going to be a very cold issue, apparently. Yes. <laughs> Wear a sweater. Yeah. So we got Marvel Marvel Chillers featuring Tigra, the werewoman. And then we got Red Wolf, it's a, and there's an arrow pointing to him, so you know it's him. This issue, Red Wolf at bay. He's kind of dodging some uh, one of the Rat Packers. <laughs> this yeah, guy in green and red. This evil group of guys or, and a lady. Called the Rat Pack, not to be confused with Frank Sinatra. Yeah, no pals. Sammy Davis. We've had an um, easier shot fighting Sammy Davis Jr. as one up. <laughs> this guy Red Wolf is fighting is a robot, actually. Yeah, a filthy robot. True. I don't know who whose side he was on really. <laughs> like, did the Super Scroll make that robot? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The screw, yeah. I think that's the case. Okay. We'll get into it as we go. Then we got the uh, the Super Scroll. He's t- he's kind of towering over Tigra, who is buried under some rubble, and he's just like, "You dare to oppose the Super Scroll, female? Now pay the price!" And she's yeah. just laying there, looking all scared. And it says, "He wields the combined might of the Fantastic Four. Will this be the final battle?" But it's got an exclamation point, even though that was a question. So there should have been a question mark there. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, he's grabbing her with his left hand. He's grabbing her hair, and she's she's flat out on her back. And he's got his right fist is like the thing's fist. Yeah. He's about to bury it in her face. Man, this super scroll, he's, he's a tough dude. He's a mess around. As long as he's getting that Wi-Fi, he can do anything. Yeah. Um, hey, hey, there's also Lobo. Hey, there's Lobo. Kind of his butt's toward the camera. Oh, yeah. He kind of blends in. You don't even notice Lobo. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, so it's a Jack Kirby cover. Man, look at the Dig Tiger's left ankle bone. It gets real skinny. But, yeah, it does. <laughs> it's all right. I like it. Yeah, I don't know how she could support that body, but good on her for trying. All right, so we open it up, and uh, <clears throat> we get a little description here. Greer Grant Nelson. That's what the driver's license says. I was also known as the cat. A bona fide superheroine until I got scanned rather early in my career. I was brought back to life by a mysterious race of cat people who made me stronger, faster, more agile, more aware than I'd ever been before. It only cost me my humanity and maybe, God help me, my soul. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sounds, that's chilling. Yeah. Marvel chillers. <laughs> But we get a uh, great splash page here of Tiger getting punched in the face by Super Scroll. Yeah, with his thing hand. And he's just yelling, stupid woman. (laughs) He's got so many good one-liners. He's just ripping on Tiger this entire time. And that's classic Jim Shooter dialogue, too, stupid woman. If you could think one (laughs) sentence to sum up Jim Shooter's writing career, stupid woman would sign to be (laughs) what I would choose. He used that in the office a lot. But Ever Louise Simonson would come up with an idea. (laughs) We had in the background, we see that robot from the cover uh, punching Red Wolf and Lobo's back there. And we got the other rat pack in the background. 
Super Scroll, his left arm, he's got the the human torch, like uh, his fist, and he's holding it this uh ancient Native American relic, the soul <laughs> is it the soul catcher snatcher, soul catcher? Uh soul catcher. Soul catcher. Basically just like a a very tall cube, I guess. It's like a ruler that's, you know, a ruler on all four sides. <laughs> yeah. Long, big, long stick that's like a cube. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, and then his right fist, uh, he's got the stretchy arm going, too, you know, from Mr. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And then he's punching her thing's hand. Boom. Cracks her. This whole book is first-person narration from Tiger's point of view. Yep. She's your narrator here. And the issue is called The Mask of the Green Death. Dun, dun, so, dun. Yeah, play on Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. Very literary. Uh, sorry, Jank. Uh, well read, because he was probably in like high school and reading it <laughs> at the time. <laughs> so uh, you take us through this fight scene here, Jank. Uh, so, the, okay, she's like, um, give me some credit. I knew better than to slug it out with someone with the strength of the thing. That first punch... The one that turned my knees to jello and made my head spin. That was a glancing blow. So if he had hit her full on, she'd be fucking paced by now. Yeah. Uh, so she kind of dodges out of the way as he stretches with his thing arm at her. And he ends up hitting uh, like a support beam, it looks like. Um, she's trying to get in close so she could scratch him. And as soon as she does, he's like, ah, my hand. And up oh, turns out he put an invisible woman force field over his head. And I... I love the expression of that <laughs> second panel of him looking right at the camera. Uh, it's great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, she almost breaks her hand. He just yells, idiot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. The mightiest warrior of the Skrull galaxy cannot be harmed by such as you. But, that, but that's pretty good, though, because, uh, you know, last week when I told you Tiger was fighting the Super Skrull, you're like, he scoffed. You're like, well, she can't fight. The, it's out of her league, you know? And yeah. clearly they're they're doing that because that's terrible when uh, a little hero can beat up a big villain, you know. Yeah, like somehow Squirrel Girl has beaten Galactus. <laughs> yes, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, the Rat Pack now these Rat Pack people, uh, there's like a foxy lady in a green <laughs> outfit and red gloves, red belt, red armband, and then there's like three dudes. Uh, but she has like a Caucasian lady. She has normal skin. But then there's three dudes who are like all green and bald. Yeah, they, there's no separation between like where their heads meet the body. So I'm assuming those are masks. Um, they're not I, I, actually green skinned, but they look like the Blue Man Group if they were green. <laughs> yeah, blue. yeah so, very much so. So I don't know what's going on here at this Rat Pack, but they look uh, like Martian Manhunter cosplayers or something. Yeah. See, they were working. They thought they were working for a guy named Joshua Plague, I think was his name. Right? And but actually, that was Super Scroll in disguise. And he was getting them to go around and steal various like medical supplies, but like fancy medical supplies, not like Band-Aids and, you know, Neosporin <laughs> and stuff like they could have worked the night nurse into this. <laughs> yeah, that would have been good. all her fancy medical supplies, but like space medicine supplies or something, things that would work on a <laughs> scroll. Yeah. Ooh, he probably got something from one of those space hookers. Oh. And he needed to clear up that infection. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that just reminded me. I got to get back to watching Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman. Because in the last <laughs> episode, uh, her husband caught VD from a lady <laughs> that he was having an affair with. And now he has to tell his wife. 
<laughs> oh man, so great. That show is amazing, <laughs> by the way. I, I, I really am just going to do a Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman podcast. But all right, but getting back <laughs> to this issue. Um, so the Rat Pack, they're like, hey, what are we going to do here? But the Rat Pack lady, she says, I'm getting out of here. And she just runs, she takes off running. They're realizing they're in like an alien versus predator situation where whoever wins, they're screwed. So, uh, yeah, because they thought they were working for Joshua Plague, but it turns out it's a super scroll guy. And they're like, he's pretty yeah. frightening. <laughs> he's like, he's so scary, this guy. And, uh, Tagger wants to beat us up. So, mm-hmm. uh, so they take off, uh, and super scroll grabs her around the waist and he's about to squish her. And Probably some female. <laughs> <laughs> he goes to just throw her against the wall to smush her, and uh, but she jumps off the wall, springs off, and she says, "Hey, don't you know cats always land on their feet?" You know, yeah, yeah. She sticks it back to him. But then hey, he turns into a full-on human torch. Mm-hmm. Goes, no more just the one arm. Yeah, flame on, and he's still holding that uh, Native American relic, so it's clearly fireproof. It's indestructible. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she comments on it. She's like, I realize I'm, like, fighting for my life here, but I just kind of realized, hey, the stick must be fireproof. And uh, he tries to shoot her with the old Human Torch uh, fire blast, you know. She dodges out of the way. She's like, yeah, huh? you didn't hit me. I'm I'm fast like a cat. And he says, oh, yeah? And it's the old thing they always do in comic books, where it seems like they miss him. But no, he actually cut a, a slice in the wall, and the wall collapses on her. Yep. And... So now we get the shot from the cover and him pulling her out of the rubble and he's about to punch her. Mm-hmm. Things hand. Then what happens, Jack? But our, our boy Lobo, the wolf, yeah. just kind of runs in and he takes the, uh, the soul catcher in his, uh, in his mouth and just runs away. <laughs> yeah, cause Super Scroll had to put it down cause he, he needed one hand to grab Tiger by the hair and the mm-hmm. other hand to punch her in the face. So, uh. Could have put it in his mouth or something or. <laughs> You know, shapeshifted a pocket on his chest or something. <laughs> but Lobo grabs it and goes like he's playing fetch, and he goes tearing off with the stick. So mm-hmm. now uh, Super Scroll says, ah, Tiger, you idiot woman. Now, he doesn't actually say that, but I'm assuming that's what <laughs> the shooter they wanted to say. <laughs> so he just drops her, and then he turns into a human torch again, and he goes flying after Lobo. Yeah, he does give a blasted animal, so that's, you yeah. know, that's close. Blasted animal. <laughs> now he's mad at Lobo instead. Now, Red, Red Wolf is getting beat up by this uh, Rat Pack robot. Yeah. And But then Tiger comes in, gra- grabs the robot's arm, and just, like, I don't know, shreds him. Yeah. <laughs> like, throws him into the wall, it looks like. Yeah, I think that's what happened. He kind of comes apart, yeah, at the seams, just rips apart. So, hey, Red Wolf, makes you seem kind of like a, you know, lightweight. You know, Tiger yeah. just runs in. Oh, you could lift three tons or whatever. Yeah. Hey, dig his moccasins. He's got pretty cool moccasins. Do you see this? <laughs> yeah. It's like green moccasins. <laughs> his yellow pants. So they have to go. Uh, oh, yeah. We should describe what Red Wolf looks like. He's a dude. And like you said, yellow pants, green moccasins. Uh, shirtless, right? Mm-hmm. For the most part. But he's got this, like, uh, wolf head on his head. And it kind of hangs down past his shoulders and down his back. Yeah. Like a pelt. That Lobo's mama? <laughs> yeah, I have no, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> Man, that is creepy to think he gutted his friend. But all right. Now we get some mysterious guy here. He's watching the whole fight. Mm-hmm. And, uh, do we get what his, uh, the, oh, uh, 
Good yeah. thing they don't see me here, here, or they'd suspect that their friend, Jules Banyan, is Joshua <laughs> Clegg's spy. I mean, friend. I knew it all the time, but. It's a Jules Banyan. He's very good. <laughs> so, yeah, we, I don't know. I guess and he played a agent last week. It's like, who are these people? Yeah. <laughs> he must have played a prominent role in uh, some other time. Uh, so, anyway, Red Wolf and Tiger go running. And uh, they're trying to catch up to Lobo and Super Scroll. And they eventually track them down. Oh, oh, the hideout explodes then, too. Yeah. Blam. Almost kills them. Oh, building exploding, collapsing. Which one is it? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it exploded and then it collapsed. <laughs> um, dirty, rotten rats and their stinking bombs. That's uh, Tiger. And then Red Wolf says, look, the Scroll." So the uh, Super Scroll corners Lobo in an alley. Mm-hmm. Lobo's stuck up against the wall with that thing in his mouth. And Super Scroll is the human torch still. So he's like, you know what? I'm just going to incinerate you with the Nova yeah. Blast here. Because <laughs> that, that five. Yeah, because that staff is indestructible. So I'll just pick it out of your ashes. You know? So suck it, yep. little Lobo. You're dead. <laughs> and suck oh. it, Red Wolf. You're not going to be able to wear those ashes now. <laughs> Yeah, I'm gonna need you to explain what happens here. So, uh, <laughs> Red Wolf and Tiger are watching this happen, and Red yeah. Wolf says he he killed Lobo of all the dirty vicious. <laughs> <laughs> and Tiger is like seeing Red more than she's ever seen before. Like he killed Lobo, that fucker. I'm gonna I'm gonna slice this guy to ribbons, and yeah. then all of a sudden Lobo is right there next to them with the stick in his mouth. Still, <laughs> yeah, because Red Wolf says, "Calm yourself, woman." And there's Lobo, boom, right next to him. Yep. And so then Tiger says, how? How could I saw, but I knew Lobo had Rin Tin Tin beat by a mouth, but this? Trick Wolf. Huh, Red? And I guess yeah. that's the explanation. It's a Trick Wolf. <laughs> what? I don't get it. Like, did he survive it? Did he something, is he able to, like, super jump? And he just jumped all the way back there? Like, I, I don't know. <laughs> I have no explain. idea either. <laughs> like, is it some sort of mystic sorcery that he... But he didn't even know. <laughs> so that's why I was thinking, like, because later on, all right, let, let's keep going. So uh, then the cops come in, and the cops say, hey, hold it right there. Hands up, you two. Uh, you, you, must, uh, you must be some new weirdo terrorist group, Sarge. Look how they're <laughs> dressed. No mistaking them. They're the ones we saw running out of that building before it blew up. Man, good thing the cops are right there when it blew up. Uh, <laughs> yeah. we, we are not to blame. Behold, in this alley... Way the true, uh, in this alleyway, the true menace, the one called the supers, uh, oh, wait a minute, cause it's just an old man now. It's an old yeah. man. And he's Some picking bump. through the ashes, like he burned up something. Clearly he's picking through ashes, you know? Mm-hmm. So, what? So that's the super scroll, I'm assuming. Oh yeah, yeah, trans- yeah, the old man is the old super scroll. Yeah. 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 But like there's ashes on the ground there. So, I would, oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah. thought that would be Lobo's ashes. But, <sighs> I, don't I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there's just garbage in the alley that he burned up. That's what yeah, the ashes that are. That could from. be, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but then the cops see uh, uh, Lobo. They're like, hey, look at this wild dog. We got to get him chained up. And Red Wolf says, no, Lobo, run. You will never be chained. So Lobo goes taken off. 
The cops open fire on a running dog. Well, it's a wolf, but they don't know that. They call him a dog. So they just open fire on this escapee dog. They're like, oh, my God, we got to kill this dog before he hits it. You know, just let him go. Well, they do say it's a wolf. So I think uh, that's why right. they're a little more trigger happy. <laughs> but they uh, they shoot him down, and Lobo just keeps on trucking. Yep. No troubles whatsoever. Yep. I was like, I hit him five times. I know I did. <laughs> Look so, at him go. So apparently he's bulletproof as well. So I, this is why when I was reading up on Lobo, I thought maybe he's a mystical wolf. Like he's not actually a real wolf. He's like a oh, spirit. He's a spirit, yeah. But that wasn't mentioned at all. <laughs> so, I don't know. Jim Shooter must have had a plan, but <laughs> he didn't want to let the audience in on it. Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> Maybe we could just say Super Scroll and the cops are very bad shots. Yeah. <laughs> it's terrible. It could be. <laughs> so, it's hard to hit a dog that's two feet away with a massive flame blast. <laughs> so they take uh, Red Wolf and uh, Tiger to the uh, police station, and they're booking them. L- look at this panel on the left. There's a cop with blonde hair staring right back at the camera. What's his deal? He's <laughs> <laughs> getting his close-up. <laughs> that guy's problem. <laughs> That's got to be like George Tuska's buddy, right? He put him in a book. He's like, oh, could be. Draw my buddy here. But, uh... <laughs> so what, what happens here, Jank? Uh, so Tiger's getting all antsy. She's like, I'm not going to let them put me in a cage. I'm going to do something about this. But uh, the police captain wants to see them. Uh, so they go to see the captain and uh, the captain's like, oh, hey, I recognize you. You're Red Wolf from the Avengers. You're a good dude. Here's your tomahawk back. Yeah. Tomahawk. <laughs> Here's your tomahawk back. <laughs> yeah. It's like a bad move. Well, no, no. It's very uh, trusting. He's showing, I believe in you, Red Wolf. You're an Avenger. I know you won't murder me with this little axe. There you go. <laughs> and Red Wolf's like, oh, well, I vouch for Tigra. She's innocent in this whole thing. If I could just contact the Avengers, like, we'll get this whole thing straightened out. And we get a bunch of ads. <laughs> yeah, 1972, they or 76, they really crammed in the ads. Yeah. And uh, there's that one is, here, is, uh, The Struggles, Loves, and Triumphs of Human Oddities. It's a book you could order for $1.99, and it comes with a money-back guarantee. So, yeah, I wonder if I can still do that. <laughs> in one amazing also, book, very special people, you'll meet Jojo the Dog Face Boy, Brandy <laughs> and the Caterpillar Man, the Caterpillar Man. The original Siamese twins, the elephant man, the mule-faced woman, General Tom <laughs> Thumb, the elastic skin man, giants, living skeletons, fat ladies, and bearded ladies, harmless and legless wonders. Now they're just turning into porn categories. <laughs> midgets <laughs> and many, many others. I like how fat ladies get thrown in there. <laughs> Human oddities. <laughs> All right. Now, getting back to our story. Um, so the, the captain says, hey, Red Wolf, can I look at that fancy stick you got there? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The old soul catcher deal. And he says, all, all right. right. Give me my tomahawk back. You seem like yeah, a good guy. I guess yeah. I can get this to you. Yes, I can let you look at this. Although he, in his mind, he's thinking, ah, this seems kind of weird. Why am I being so reluctant to let him see this fancy stick? And uh, as soon as as the captain carves stick, why does he want to see it so badly? As soon as the captain gets it, he just throws the desk away, and there's the dead body of the real captain. This guy's the super scrawl. Dude, I love that. The dramatic reveal. (laughs) 
Yeah, who could have seen that coming? <laughs> this is great. <laughs> and, and, uh, so the screw. Uh, <laughs> go ahead, Jake. What does the super scroll say to him? <laughs> Thank you, Indian. Thank you very much. <laughs> the need for pretense is ended. Another Merrick, he's dead. The captain must be, of course I am, idiots. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. <laughs> Super Scrooge is great. Every t- every word's an insult when he's talking to the heroes. Yep. Although then he kind of just self-owns himself by telling them all the times he's lost. Like, yeah, <laughs> Fantastic Four beat me and, you know, but, the Avengers and Marvel. But, he always, but he's like a true hero in wrestling. He never takes blame for the loss. He always says, like, um... I underestimated Thor's power. Yeah. So he was able to be. Like, I'm stronger than that, like, Captain Marvel, but he used trickery on me. (laughs) If I wasn't, if I was at full strength. He told me my shoes were untied. Yeah, they all cheated. You know, (laughs) I'm really the strongest and the best in the world. Yeah. But they all got lucky, basically. Um, So then uh, Red Wolf, they're trying to fight over the the fancy stick there. And uh, he just throws Red Wolf into the wall. Boom. Smashes him. She's super squirrel. And uh, I like this. She she jumps on his back <laughs> and she tries to claw him up, but he stretches his neck. Like yeah. this is fantastic. <laughs> so she misses his neck. <laughs> Pretty good. That's great. And uh, th- then he throws her into a wall. That seems to be his move. Just throw people mm-hmm. into walls. <laughs> <laughs> like a good heel. Just toss people around. <laughs> so the cops are like, hey, what's that noise? A heavy thud and a shriek straight from hell. It came from the captain's office. It's locked. Hurry, get something to break it down. Sounds like those two weirdos are killing him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, now the Super Scroll has the soul search. What you call it? Catcher? Just the soul catcher? Yeah, soul catcher. Hey, there's a great new talent on an NXT named Soul Ruka. She's awesome. And her finishing <laughs> move is the Soul Snatcher. So that's oh. Funny. Yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. It involves her vagina. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it involves her, like, running into the corner and flipping upside down and then, uh, like, uh, RKOing somebody. It's pretty awesome. Alright, so uh he holds up the little stick there and Tiger goes to grab it. But uh then Super Scroll activates its power and I guess it can steal people's souls and their souls get captured inside the stick. I think that's the gimmick, right? Mm-hmm. So Yeah. It's more than their souls. I guess it's their entire being, it looks like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because that's what happens with uh Super Scroll. Yeah. So that starts to do that to Tigra, but then she feels her soul being feels ripped it like apart. being ripped apart. Yeah, but then she's like, "Oh, uh, nothing happened." And then Jank, what happens? <laughs> um, for some reason, it turns and does it to the Super Scroll instead, and the Super Scroll gets sucked inside, uh, force gripping me. No, and uh, he just kind of gets sucked into the stick. Yeah, and when uh, Red Wolf picks up the stick, there's a little. One of the little boxes on the stick has Super Scrum's face in it now. Yeah. Looks like one of those, you know, you go to the picture photo booth at, like, yeah. the mall. <laughs> but he's just in the top one. I wonder who these other two dudes are. Like, what what were their crimes against humanity? I wonder what they yeah, are. I don't know. They look pretty shady. Those two guys. <laughs> one guy's got some weird eyebrows. So uh, they escape. Uh, they jump out of the window of the captain's office. Because the, the they're like, are, we're going to get framed for this guy's captain's murder. Yeah, they like, think we killed him, you know? Yeah. Which is true. And uh, so they jump out, and they run away. And uh, I, like, they cut to the panel. Because this whole time, I'm thinking, where's Lobo? So then we get to the next page, and there's just a yellow narration box. Later that night, 
Red and I found Lobo in a desolate area not far away. Oh, all right. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Again, Jim Shooter, uh, he's a young fella here, 25, cutting his teeth already. As an editor, what I would tell Jim Shooter is, hey, Lobo has to come back and help them at the end. You know? Ah, oh, there bring you go. Back. Yeah. Yep. You, can't, you can't just have him. Like, he needs to jump through the window of the captain's office and, like, help like, them bite out. Bite Super Skrull's hand and, yeah. and mess up the whole soul thing. Do something like that, yeah. Yeah. You can't just have him disappear and then <laughs> pop back in. All right. <laughs> oh, we just found him, and now we're all back together. Oh, okay. Well, you only got one page of story left in this book, so you got to, <laughs> you know, <laughs> make the most of it. Uh, so she's a real upset. You know, they're on the run now, and uh, but Red Wolf's like, hey – why don't you go back to me? I'm sure I can explain things, you know, to the authorities. Why don't you come she back thinks, to me? She thinks that the reason the thing backfired and took the Super Skull instead because the Super Skull was more human than I am. Like, I'm more animal than, than person, so it didn't want my soul. Yeah, she says it tried my soul and it spit it out because I'm yeah. not human anymore. But Red Wolf says, no, 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 no. That's not true. What happened is it, it tasted your soul and it found out that you were such a good person. That it didn't want to take you in, and it taste it felt the evil of Super Scroll, so it sucked in the evil of Super Scroll and left you alone because you are a good person. You do have humanity. So then Tiger says, hmm, "That's interesting. That's a nice way of looking at it, there, Red." And yeah. then they make that's sweet, sweet love by the campfire. No, 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 that's not what happens. No. Instead, uh, she decides to run away. She says, "All right, uh, I can't go with you, Red. I just can't face the human world yet. Not on those terms." I've got to find out who and what I am first. But you've given me a glimmer of hope. Thanks, Red. And she goes running off into the sunset. Yep. And that's how the book ends. And they they have the end. Yeah. And then they're like, Walt Marvel Chillers is being shelved to make way for the latest inspirations from the House of Ideas. <laughs> so, fuck you, Tigra. <laughs> but they say she will return somewhere, someday. <laughs> you can bet your our captivating Catwoman will return. Yep. So, and she does return eventually. But mm. uh, so there it is: Marvel Chillers, Tiger, Red Wolf, Lobo, Super Scroll. I actually enjoyed this quite a bit, Jack. You were kind of mean mouthing <laughs> it before the episode started, and I get the impression no. you didn't enjoy it. But I enjoyed this. <laughs> this was fun. I like this. It had moments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It wasn't the greatest thing I've ever read, but I, I mean, like I said, Super Scroll, magnifique, chef's kiss for that. He was great. Yeah. <laughs> this is what you want in a comic book, though. Good villain, yep. doing villain things, and some fights. And He uh, was well written. Yeah. And uh, I thought Tiger, uh, the, I thought Nick Shooter did a good job with the, the narration. I, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, Super Scroll was good. Like I said, this is probably one of the best things I've ever <laughs> read from Jim Shooter. <laughs> like, no jive. <laughs> Like, this is pretty good. Okay. So, yeah. That's a low bar, but... <laughs> Usually his dialogue is so dreadful, um, especially for women. So the fact that he kind of wrote a strong female here is pretty impressive. So... Um, <laughs> At least he had Super Scroll there to put her in her place. <laughs> yeah, George Tusca, the art here, uh, it's old school, like, you know, 70s art. Uh, it's not his best work. There's some wonky panels, yeah. but... Um, I still, you know, really enjoyed it because it has that old school feel to it. And, uh, I feel like whatever the last George Tusca book we read was fairly good with the art, whereas this was definitely a step backwards. And uh, 
I was not a big fan of the artwork here. Like last week, I liked the art a lot better than the story. Uh, I'd have to say I like yeah. the story here a lot better than the art because this art was kind of weird. <laughs> like the captain looks weird and uh, the super scroll, yeah. especially on fire, some bad drawings where he's just kind of like, ugh. It, it almost looks uh, cartoony a lot of times more than like yeah. comic booky, if you know the difference, a slight difference. But, sure. um, and Tigra just came out such a weird shade of orange that it's almost like she just has jaundice really bad or something. <laughs> <laughs> She's just kind of a sickly yellow color. Uh, yeah, it's not Tuska's best work, but it's still Tuska. So I, you know, I like looking at it. Um, but yeah, Super Scroll's great. Like in yeah. the pantheon of Marvel villains, uh, I always say Doctor Doom's one, Red Skull two, well, and then Thanos though, because Thanos is really shot That's up great. the charts. Yeah, <laughs> he's really riding the wave of popularity. Yeah, he'd have to be in that top three. But where would you rank? Super Scroll would be top eleven, right? Yeah, I think so. I think you're right. I mean, it's hard. Like, normally, I want to think of like, oh, what are the best Super Scroll stories? I don't really know that there are yeah. any. Like, he's when he pops up, but but yeah, he's like just cool though. Super Scroll story. <laughs> yeah, he's just cool, man. I love him. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know. But, uh, all right, so I'm giving this a 7 out of 10, because I, I enjoyed it. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> what are you thinking? Um, I'll give it a 5, I think. It had some fun moments. Harsh. Most Harsh. of that's for, for Super Scroll and how great he was. Yeah. Um, some of the ads were great, so I'll give it some extra points for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed this. So uh... I still don't know what was happening with Lobo and why. <laughs> <laughs> How he survived all of these things. <laughs> yeah, that is true, yeah. <laughs> I felt like there were some holes. Oh, yeah, there definitely were some holes. But it was Super Scroll, <laughs> and uh, I enjoyed it. All right, so next week, Jank, try and beat that. <laughs> oh, how can I? Well, let me uh, let me ask you a question, Mike Dell. Yes. Who knows what evil lurks in the hearts of men? Well, the shadow, really? Yeah, Shadow. 1987. Uh, we're going to do issue number three. Uh, it's a DC comic book uh, by Andy Helfer and our buddy Bill Sienkiewicz. Oh. I'm a big, yeah. I'm a big fan of Sienkiewicz. Yeah, this, uh, I wouldn't say this is his best work, but uh, it's interesting <laughs> <laughs> from what I saw of it. <laughs> Well, that's not good. Uh, <laughs> man, there's a lot of shadow books, huh? Yeah, there really are. You got to look around in there. Cause there's a yeah, I know. I'm trying to find it here. Uh, <laughs> Different publishers have had the license over the years, and yeah. Uh, you said this is DC 1987, right? Yep. Yeah, we're going to do issue number three. I think Bill Sienkiewicz only did like the first six issues, so I wanted to pick one of those. All right, well, I'll find it eventually, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm a I'm a fan of the Shadow. I of course have you listen listened to that radio show. Yes, um, Orson Welles. Well, it was on for a long time, but Orson Welles played the Shadow. There's the ones I like. Sponsored by Blue Coal. It's like coal, but it's blue. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> I love they make that. I love the old radio shows. Um, <laughs> So, all right, next week, The Shadow, issue three from 1987. Until then, don't get any jank on you. <laughs>